Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we were so excited I had to say, we got to stop and we got to actually do this on the podcast. Yeah. So we have stuff to talk about this week. We're going to circle back to the deck we adopted mm-hmm. and uh, talk about our uh, experiences with that. And mm-hmm. then we're going to, uh, well, I guess before that, we're going to talk about some newsy stuff sure. that has come up. So if you want to get at us with decks to adopt or other such things, you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. As always, you can shoot us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. We check it all the time and look forward to uh, hearing from you guys. Don't forget we have a TCG affiliate, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. If you follow that link, anything you buy from TCG Player after that, we will get a very small percentage of help us keep the show going. We also have a Patreon if you would like to contribute a little bit more directly. It's patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. We have a YouTube channel. Um, There's not a whole lot on there right now. The last thing that we posted up on there was um, our sealed that we did, our Ikoria sealed when the set came out. Hopefully at some point we'll get some more stuff up there. That's also Casual Tryhard MTG. And new last week, I forgot all about, we said we were going to do this. We turned our Discord on. Yeah. If you want the the invite link, I have made it our pinned tweet. I did that while we were sitting there. So if you go to our Twitter page... Our pin tweet is the link to our Discord. We've already had a few people in there talking. Okay. I'll be on Discord in and out. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess if it gets a little more busy, I will uh, be on there more. But yeah. it is there. People have already mm-hmm. posted a deck list. So, and it was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Can we? Uh, is there any way we can put the Discord link in the description? I can probably do that. I'm relatively smart. We can figure this yeah. out. Yeah, I can we'll probably do that. that. Yeah. So I'll try to put it in the in the description going forward. Yeah. So nice I and have, easy. You're already there. I have a few channels set up. I have like the Adopt a Deck channel. Mm-hmm. I have the Show Ideas channel. We have the general thing. You guys let me know what channels and what things you want in there so people have places to talk about different things Mm -hmm. and we'll do our best to make it happen sounds good do you want to start with this housekeeping thing yeah okay so i was uh down visiting our friendly neighborhood local game store and turns out the theros season is over and he had a bunch of promo packs left that he was you know he's going through getting everything or as much as he can put into his uh, system to be posted for sale. So he cracked all the uh, promo packs and wasn't going to do anything with the promo codes. So I have a rather large stack here of Theros FNM promo arena codes. Good for one pack of Theros. Perhaps people could get at you in the Discord. Yeah. Uh, to get these. So. Yeah. We now have a uh, a channel that is free stuff. So go there post in go. free stuff, and and James will send you a code. Yeah, there we go. We'll uh, we'll start with one apiece. I'll see if I have any left over after that. Um, like I said, I have a pretty big stack here, so I see yeah. myself getting back around to handing some duplicates out. But uh, yeah, get at us. I'll send them over. Sounds good. Okay, I didn't I didn't know what this was. I was like, what? So, yeah. okay. So, 
our first thing's a little newsy. It kind of builds on what we talked about last week with like design philosophy changes and how magic has changed. And yeah. uh, my title for this is a little over the top, but I liked it. And it's uh, Morrow tweets, a lost and broken designer. So, it might be a little over the top, but it's also oddly fitting. Yes. Yeah, so this all kind of started on, I guess, May 7th. Morrow has a tendency to make Twitter polls. Yeah. And so uh, he had a Twitter poll May 7th that was, while R&D tries to support innovation and balance, the two often fight with each other. Which of mm-hmm. these two do you personally believe R&D should prioritize? Mm-hmm. And so the results of the poll were balance 58%, innovation 42%, give or take. And it really led to a really big Twitter discussion about yep. kind of how sets recently haven't been well balanced. Yep. With the, you know... The example being companions, mm-hmm. and people people came out with the knives out, which was you know a little rough to see. Yeah. Um, but Morrow talked about how he was the one who came up with the idea for companions. Oh, he, yeah, he took like full blame for this. Right? Yeah, he's well, like blame in air quotes. Yeah, he's like, this was my idea. I came up with it in uh, vision design. So when yeah. they do design of sets, they do a design that is vision design, which is what would the mechanics be? What would the be the things that would fit in the world and the story that we're trying to build? Right. And then they pass it off to like actual like play design to then figure out how to balance these mechanics and make them work. Mm-hmm. So I think we talked about last time that the version of mutate that Rosewater was talking about on Twitter when Ikoria came out was different than the version of mutate that actually existed. Yeah. The, the rules of it operated differently. Yeah. Because they had changed yeah. from when he came up with it, like broad strokes. Right. And when it got balanced in R and D. And so a lot of people uh, came out you know, for like balance and saying that, you know, the current format is broken. Mm-hmm. And somewhere on the 10th, Morrow tweeted that our ultimate goal is to make Magic the best game in the world, enjoyable for players in uh, whatever form they wish to play. If there are hiccups along the way, it's not because we don't care or aren't trying or don't understand what needs to be done. It's just a lofty goal. I enjoy the passion of the online community. We share a common desire to make to see magic be its best. I welcome feedback and pass it along to the relevant parties. I want to caution that solutions to problems at hand are never as simple as you think they might be. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, other than like Morrow kind of like trying to take blame and kind of gauge where people want magic to be. Yeah. This kind of led to uh, a big Twitter back and forth with Eric Froelich, which then Froelich turned into a 10-page Google Doc. Oh, boy. Um, I, I guess I didn't realize this was 10 pages. I definitely did not read the whole thing. It is. I read the whole thing. And okay. it's 10 pages of, like, basically, like, screenshots of their Twitter conversation and then, like, 
Froelich expanding his point more and then using screenshots. But there yeah. was a tweet from Morrow that was at the top of page eight that was, let me put on page eight. There are so many pages. I don't have a crystal ball about what will happen to mechanics I turn over. Power level was decided completely downstream. I am questioning whether I should push less hard into unknown areas early on so potential problems don't happen later. And this kind of struck me as kind of where I get like the kind of the lost aspect of my lost and broken is he's like, you know, almost like I can't trust the people downstream that if I have Mm -hmm. a cool idea that it won't just break. Right. Uh, And Froelich's response is, okay, I feel like this is a very different question to me. My answer will always be you should push, but you need to have a team in place that can fix slash prevent the things that are pushed too far. Right. I never want someone to hold back. uh, Never want someone in creative to hold back, but things can't be released like this. And so this is all kind of framed around companions and the fact that magic is just Pokemon we have you all you start with a little pokemon each game it is certainly a very different game than we had six months ago yes and so that then led to today's quitter uh twitter question mm-hmm. which was what is the largest tournament format that should be in impacted aka cards in the set get played in not necessarily what warps the metagame by every standard legal set mm-hmm. vintage legacy modern pioneer standard Right. And so he's like, let me clarify this question. I'm asking what formats you believe every standard legal shit set should add cards to and not warp the metagame. Just add cards the format can play. Pick the format. Right. So this is like legality wise. Like should every card that gets printed into standard be legal in Pioneer? Should oh, see, every I card... read that I read it differently. Okay. I read it as if we print a standard set, mm-hmm. should we be guaranteeing that four of the cards are legacy playable? Right. What What is the biggest, what card pool should we be saying like, oh, this card's going to see eternal play? Right. Should we be, should every standard set put cards into Pioneer and every so often put a card into Modern and then even less frequently put a card into Legacy? Or should every standard set be putting cards into modern and then occasionally mm. putting cards in the legacy? That's not how I read it at all. Okay, so... My, my answer was obviously vintage legacy. I think, you know, everything that gets added into standard should be in vintage and legacy and thereby, like, everything newer than that. No, I, I read it as, like, you know, think about, um, I guess, Fate Reforged. Yeah. Right. If you think about Fate Reforged, Fate Reforged gave Monastery Mentor, which sees a reasonable amount of vintage play. Yeah. Is played in Ugin. one legacy deck in like Ugin. Yeah. Which is played in like one specific modern deck. Yeah. And some fringe legacy decks. Mm-hmm. Right? It would put two cards really into eternal formats. I right. can't think of another fake card. And like the last three sets have put like entire six, archetypes. Yeah, six to ten cards into the larger formats. Yeah. And so so I think all of this stuff together, the idea that, you know, 
you know, as I, as I read the question, hey, what power level should we be making our standard cards? You know, should we be making them so they impact legacy and modern? Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know if I should be pushing as hard. Kind of leads me to believe that, like, Watsy or at least Morrow is struggling with, like, what's broken. Like, everyone's Could, telling yeah. them things are broke. Yeah. And they, and they don't do, see it. And, or they don't know how they got broken. Yeah. Right? They look at their process, and then mm. in the end, they're like, our process seemed good, but everyone says everything's broken. Yeah. Why is everything broken? So I wanted to get your take. You seem to have some opinions on, like, where you might think from all this stuff Morrow's head's at or, like, R&D is kind of at. Well, I super understand where he's coming from. In order to have like a creative brain, you like think about things differently, I guess. And if he's only concentrating on how to come up with, you know, the next beloved mechanic or the next awesome plane to be on, he can't be super like bogged down with, you know, like, I guess how it's going to be, not really how it's going to be used, but like power level things. Like those are all knobs that get turned after he's done with it. Yeah, but he's he comes up with the bigger idea, and okay. then passes it on to someone. So he doesn't know. Yeah. He's like, "Wouldn't it be cool if you had a companion?" And yeah. you know, it's just a little buddy that comes maybe out of your sideboard or something, and yeah. then that gets sent off, mm-hmm. and then you know the knobs get turned. Or maybe right. he comes up with the parameters of you have maybe it's a deck building constraint and it's like a cyborg card. Yeah. And then someone else comes up with the casting costs, the abilities. What the restriction is. Whatever. What the restriction is, right? Yeah. So, you know, he's like, should I not come up with these like, you know, out there ideas? Which yeah, you know, no, is, is a hard spot I to be in. Well, yeah. I mean, the question is kind of a no-brainer. Should he not come up with the ideas? Of of course, he he should come up with the ideas. Like that's how that's how things get done. Is you you know have an idea and you expand upon it and you you know shape it and mold it into something. Like if if you just stop coming up with ideas, then like that's when magic dies. Yeah. I mean, this kind of like we've been saying it forever. We've said it on the podcast for you know seventy episodes now that like something ha- something different has to be done in like play test like obviously play testing is not working it is it is clearly not and i don't understand why i understand the argument that hey there's 10 of us and every yeah. time a set comes out way more people play these yeah. cards than have ever played them before so we miss things right. but it seems like you know the things that got missed mm-hmm. are way bigger than they used to be right like yeah. the things that were missed going okay like like siege rhino like we've talked about like there was some dumb enchantment that they played a lot in play design yeah. that made it so siege rhino had to have trample or it wasn't playable right and then the card that they were playing no one played because it was bad right but siege rhino still had trample yeah Right or it was real good. yeah, or you have um, oh gosh, what was the the cycle of the like enchantments from fate? 
the sieges the sieges where like the red one was constructed playable but like the white one was like totally oppressive in draft like right. you're just like why is this card here this is way too good yeah but like if you miss on a draft rare that's fine yeah it's not the, it's end, not of the, the end of the world but now it's like we miss and we break four formats yeah I wonder if you have to completely reimagine what play design is. And instead of focusing on something that's unattainable, like they've kind of been doing where you, like you, I don't know how many people are on play design, but if you have, or play testing or whatever, but if you have 10 people in a room, you know, jamming as much limited as you can jamming as much standard as you can, you know, trying to squeeze some pioneer modern legacy in there also, like how how many realistically how many games are you ever going to play even if you triple quadruple that number like you're still not going to play the number of games that you know the machine plays in the first week of sets out yeah so what if you like completely rethink the system instead of focusing like 100% on people playing the game to you know balance these cards out what if you did something like a poll like, what if these Twitter polls were used as, you know, a design tool? Like, I, hey, we're we're thinking about making, you know, this companion mechanic. What are things that we should stay away from? I think the you know problem I mean? there is just, like, how protective, like, a company is of, like, their proprietary information. And I'm sure that they looked at companion as, like, this big selling point. This is the cool new thing, this thing that's different. And they wouldn't want to be, like, putting that out and, like, burning that excitement early on. Okay, so, so don't put it out on Twitter then. Like, you have this group of people that you pay called the MPL. Yeah. Why, why don't you float it past them? Hey, look, look at this sweet card, Loris, we designed. This certainly won't break any formats. I guarantee you every single one of them would say that card needs to be banned in Legacy, Pioneer, and Modern. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know, like, they've brought in a bunch of, like, former pros and competitive players, but people mm -hmm. have pointed out that once you go into WotC, you yeah. aren't allowed to play competitively anymore. Right. And well, so, that, that's kind of the problem. Yeah, and so, like, those people go from, you know, being at the tippy top of their game trying to play uh, as much competitive magic as possible mm -hmm. to, like, they become more casual yeah, and, they're out the pasture. Yeah, and maybe like they're missing things that they right. wouldn't have missed a year and a half ago because, right? I mean, realistically, they're probably spending less time with the cards than right. they would have in a spoiler season. Oh, 100%. Right, like you see a card in the spoilers and then you spend the next three days trying to break it. Mm -hmm. right and now maybe they see that same card maybe they get to spend like a day with it maybe maybe only a couple hours to yeah. see if they can come up with how you break it yeah and that's just not enough time for one person to break it where if you yeah. were to put it on reddit or put it on like your website yeah. it would get broken within an hour because a hundred thousand people would see it and be like, well, what if you did this? Well, then what if you did this? Yeah. And so it just seems like they are kind of missing, like they're missing those like fundamental interactions. 
Well, that's kind of what I meant, though, by, like, float it past the MPL. Yeah. Like, they they did that with Lutri. When they were going to put Lutri in the set, they went to the Commander Rules Committee or whatever and said, hey, this is a card that we're going to print. And they, they came back and said, okay, that's already banned in Commander. Like, yeah, we're not going to let that ever happen. So why can't they do the same thing with the MP? Like, the MPL's already in some sort, not, not an NDL or an NDA, but... Like, they they already have some sort of gag order on them where they can't talk about everything that they want to. Yeah. So why not just float this past them? Like, if you floated Loris past anybody that's in the MPL, what do you think Huey would say? Uh, that's that's no good. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and some of the things are really small things that mm-hmm. just seem like oversights. So. Uh, the rant video has become like quite a thing. Yeah. So, uh, was it Rogue Deck Builder? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of his like Tuesday Bruise Days, it's now yeah. Tuesday Rants. Yeah. And he pointed out that like Agent of Treachery would be right. an okay magic card if it said non land. Mm-hmm. But the fact that your opponent like goes War Boss into Winota. And then steals three of your lands. Right. Right. It's like, oh, I guess now the game's over. Like, also, who would have ever thought, like, that was the card? Like, Agent of Treachery. Yeah. We we didn't talk about Agent of Treachery at all during that spoiler season. Yeah, I think we just kind of missed how much ramp was around. And now you don't have to ramp it. Now you're just getting them on turn four. Yeah. Seven mana control magic. Yeah. And that you get to play for zero mana. Right. And you think about it, the decks now, no one casts that card. Right. That card just comes into the battlefield for free. Well, I, I, I'm still casting that card. Okay. That's that's uh, that's good for you, but the vast, <laughs> the vast majority of people are not about that life. Yeah. The vast majority of people are like, yo, I'm just going to like attack with a goblin and hit an yeah. agent of treachery. <laughs> Yeah, and then draw some cards. Yeah, and then draw some cards. Yeah, so I just, I don't know if they are seeing what the problem is because I feel like their their system is broken. Like yeah. the way they're doing things is broken and it might be the combination of like the, the fire mm-hmm. design philosophy. What is it? Fun? I forget what the I is. No, I don't remember. You put me on the spot here. I wasn't yeah. ready for this. I didn't do my homework. It's fun, something, replayability. Yeah. And something else. Anyway, it's how they're trying to like design cards now. So like the commons are better, so you're not playing with as many as uh, uh, James calls them uh, garbage limited cards in your garbage <laughs> limited deck. Yeah. Right, because uh, like Cloudkin Seer right, is like mm-hmm. an example of that, the two and a uh, blue two one flyer that draws you a card when it comes into play. Yeah. Right. Like that is like from the fire design space. And like those things are fine, Mm -hmm. but when it's the things at higher rarity rarity where they think they can kind of go a little nuts or they feel like they have to, that they've just have missed over and over and over again. Yeah. It seems like they'll never get it right. Yeah. Like, Play design was a result of Kaladesh. Right. Right. So they're like, oh man, we messed up Kaladesh. 
We don't want to do that again. And then we've gone from Kaladesh to where we are now. where Which is really weird because like in the middle there, there were a couple stinkers too. Well, like Ixalan was not super powerful. Yeah. Amonkhet was certainly not overpowerful. Yeah, well, and that's part of what they point to is they're like, oh, well, yeah. Ixalan was powered down, so yeah. we don't want sets like that. Like trying to avoid those low power sets because they didn't feel like enough cards from Ixalan were like went into standard, right? Yeah. And it's also, but that was because that standard was you had to play all the energy cards. Yeah. So none of the cards from Ixalan gave you energy. So it didn't matter yeah. how powerful they were. Yeah, like they weren't going to play regardless. Yeah. Hostage taker saw play because mm-hmm. it was really, really powerful, but mm-hmm. it was powerful, but not busted. Right. Right. Like I feel like now hostage taker would like let you cast the spell without paying its mana cost. Yeah. Just for free. Yeah. It'd be like hostage take it. You get to cast it for free. Give it flash. Yeah, or yeah, or it would have flash, or it'd be yeah. like it'd be the same mana cost but have flash on it, and like yeah. your opponent would play a thing and you'd flash in your hostage taker and then immediately get to cast it, <laughs> and not have the tension of does my hostage taker make it through a turn cycle? Yeah, and a lot of things have lost that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you no longer have the does this make it all the way through the turn cycle? Or the tension, any tension, you're just like you get yeah. you, you get your payoff right away. Mm-hmm. Remember when Patrick Chapin, not Patrick Chapin, Patrick Sullivan, a uh, Patrick, it was Patrick Sullivan, <laughs> one like, of the Patricks, complained about Ravenous Chupacabra. Yeah, and how He's like very vocal. Yeah, and how that card is terrible because there's you know no tension and it like ruins all this stuff, like mm-hmm. big choops. Might not be big playable. Right. Be yeah, if it wasn't standard right now. Yeah. It'd be like, cool, like, I'm going to, you're going to play a 2-2 that killed a thing. Cool, I'm now going to spend 15 mana this turn. I think yeah. I win. Well, I mean, we have almost Chupacabra in the format right now, and it doesn't see any play. What? What's that? Wicked Wolf. Oh, yeah. It is pretty close to Chups. It's very close, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kills all the little stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it lost Oko. It lost its buddy. Yeah, but it saw play even after even after Oko left. Yeah, but it just seems like uh, Morrow and Co. don't understand how they're missing. Yeah. Like, they see the cards leave the door, and they're like, we did it. This Pat them on the back. Good job, guys. And then, like, two days later... Twitter is just back looking for a fix. Yeah, Twitter's just like burning everything down, and they're like, "But, but why?" Yeah, we don't understand. So someone pointed out in like these Twitter threads, and Mara mm-hmm. said that like this is something that they're like, be I think becoming more aware of, or something to that effect. Yeah, that like magic is now just way more consistent between companions and the London Mulligan. Yeah, just... I, I think that's kind of a different conversation, though. And we can certainly have that conversation, but I think it's different than what we were just talking about. I don't know that it being like hyper-consistent is the same thing as just printing straight-up broken cards. Like, I get that Once Upon a Time is problematic, but is it 
like bannable problematic if we didn't have the London Mull and you like couldn't just find it all the time? Like it makes your deck more consistent, but without the London Mulligan, does it make it that much more consistent? Yeah, I was kind of approaching it as like, so you added a layer of consistency with the London Mulligan. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you now you've added companions, which right. adds an additional layer of consistency. So mm-hmm. all the games are always the same, which is something that we talked about last week with like the engines, right? That yeah. They always end up kind of being the same. Let me and, give you a counterpoint, though. Okay. Um, how how do you make things less consistent? Fundamentally, like if you were going to make things less consistent, what's an easy thing that you could do to make things less consistent? You could roll back the Mulligan rule to the Vancouver. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, l- let me rephrase my question. If you were going to build a deck, yes. And your idea for that deck is, I want to make my deck less consistent. You'd play eighty cards. You would. And, like, what's the best companion right now? I guess it's Yurion in Standard. Yeah, the one that makes you run... It. Yeah, sorry, in Standard. Yeah, well... It's the one that makes you run 80 cards. So, like, is it... Part is of, that the same argument? You know what I mean? But, well, the reason you get, can run 80 cards and it's not a total train wreck is there are so many cards that are at the same high power level... Yeah. That like you can like mix and match. Yeah. So, right. You need a way to deal with aggressive decks. Mm -hmm. So you get to play up to eight Deafening Clarion, Shatter the Sky, like three mana and four mana, like Wraths for aggressive decks. So you have a bunch of those. So that angle is covered. You need Mm -hmm. to be able to like find your stuff. So you have the omens that yeah. do something. One of them scries to when it comes in, and they all get to scry later mm-hmm. on in the game to kind of yeah. help your consistency. So like Yorion, you just have all these cards that do close to the same thing that kind of allows it to be more consistent than it should with an 80-card deck. Yeah. Now, trust me, I have had my opponents... They're, they're on turn five, and mm-hmm. they have cast their third Teferi, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> How this does is, this happen? This is not supposed to happen in an 80-card deck. You're not supposed to yeah. just like have bounce bounce your thing, draw a card, bounce your thing, draw a card. Yeah. But it's like, ah. But like, there's so many cards that do almost the same thing or close to yeah. it Yeah. that you're not diluted down. It's not yeah. like there's one playable like wrath right Mm -hmm. and it's not that you know how much worse would those decks be if we didn't have shadow of the sky and we just had time wipe right like um right well i mean you'd still have uh kaya's wrath though you still have kaya's wrath i think you just changed changed the colors a little bit i don't think you could though because you would lose fires and luca Uh, well you could be i guess then you'd lose to fairy if you lost blue yeah yeah I, i don't know I played a, a teamer version of that deck because I was like, yeah. I'll just ramp harder and hit fires a turn sooner and be able to do bigger stuff. Not having Teferi just like yeah. you felt it at every turn. Yeah. You're just like, oh man, I wish I could like bounce something here. Oh man, this might get, oh, this got countered. That would never happen in the yeah. Just Guy version. If you didn't have a bunch of cards that were super interchangeable, mm-hmm. like playing 80 cards would be way worse. 
or same with I'm only going to play two mana permanents, but there's yeah. enough good one and two drops where it's okay. Where it's okay. Not only is it okay, but there's four different archetypes. Yes, there are four different archetypes in standard. Yes, there's like what, cycling, Mardu Knights, Sacrifice. There's like a weenie deck floating around. Uh, I lost to Mono White Loris, Mono White Enchantment Loris. With Th- that is the weenie deck I was referring to. Oh, and may or may may not have played that for like four hours last night and got like six ranks with it. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I, I I played against it and it was like these cards are all garbage, but I can't beat them because this Healer's Hawk is a twelve fifteen Vigilance lifelink. Yeah, there's no rares in that deck, I don't think. No, other than Loris. I think it's just Loris, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it. I was just like, oh, this is miserable. Yeah. But there's there's so many cards, I think, because of the fire design strategy, where they wanted mm-hmm. Limited to be better, which Limited has been great for the last few seasons. It has, yeah. I, I have my issues with uh, Throne, mainly mm-hmm. Revenge of Ravens. <laughs> But yeah. the limited environments have been really good. But like I don't yeah, know if Thero that means fun and this this sets a blast to yeah. draft. But I don't know if that just means there are so many commons yeah. that are good that you don't have like you don't have the same like meager pickings of cards. Right. Because like all the omens are common and that Luka deck's playing like twelve omens. Yeah. And that's super weird. And like growth spirals are common. So I just had a, another random thought. How much of this do you think is due to only being on a plane for one set? I mean, we've talked about this before where yeah. it used to be you could work your ideas out over three sets. So right. maybe you would, you know, put some of the companions or. Mm-hmm they'd be dialed back a little bit because you had to like, you couldn't just like use all the ideas in one set. And now it's like, oh man, we've got to do all of this stuff. We want to make sure it's playable. So yeah. we've got to make sure that all these cards are like pushed to the right power level. Well, even as far as like commons and uncommons though, you've got to work a lot harder to flesh out your archetypes if they're only going to be across one set instead of across two or three. You know what I mean? If you think about like a you know a, a three block set, maybe mm-hmm. you are like we have you know seventy commons that we want to have in here that have certain interactions and certain mechanics to work like but we so we want to spread them out across the three sets. Yeah, and so now we've got to put a lot of like three mana three three vanillas right. to fill out the rest of you know, the 350 commons across these three sets, Mm -hmm. there's going to be like, you know, 280 stinkers. Yeah. No, you don't have that. No, you don't have that. Now you've got the 70 cards that make, that tell your story that have abilities that matter for limited in Mm -hmm. one set. And then the next set you have those same 70 really pushed commons. Right. And it just keeps happening because, like, they don't really print vanilla creatures anymore. Yeah, not hardly ever. Right. And, like, sometimes I think they kind of do 
So, like, with cycling, they're like, well, the reason we want to have cycling is we want to have big monsters. So you don't want the big monsters to get stuck in your hand and limited, so we're giving them cycling. Yeah. Cool. I'm with you. Cycling is also another great mechanic for reducing consistency, though. Or increasing consistency. Increasing, yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. But also, then why did you give a two-mana 2-2 cycling? Yeah. Why did you give a one-mana 1-1 cycling? Like... Mm -hmm. If this was there so you could, like, have your your big monsters get cycled away, yeah. then why aren't they all just... Why isn't cycling just on the big monsters? Why is it on, like, cards that would have been fine without cycling? Yeah. Also, you have... Um, I think I mentioned this before a while back, right? I think play design gives a false sense of security. Where they're, to like... Who? To the designers. To, yeah. to play design. In okay. that, oh, we didn't break it, so it's not breakable. Right. Right. So a card that they may look at and go, huh, that seems pushed. Then they play mm-hmm. with it and no one snaps it in half mm-hmm. in the like few days or like month that they like look at that card and a bunch of other cards and change its mana cost and a bunch of other things. Yeah. Right. And they're like, oh, it's not breakable. We're fine. Like, this is where your idea of, like, the MPL or, like, another group where, like, you know, if play design finished the set, was like, we are done, and they Mm -hmm. finished that set a month before they needed to send it to the printers. Yeah. And then they just sent the card file to the MPL Mm -hmm. and said, hey, you guys have a week. Do your worst. Yeah, do your worst. What's busted? And they yeah. came back with a, here are the cards that are, are seem too pushed, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not game designers. They're gamers. Right. And they just look at it, and they're like, oh, well, we're going to do, you know, now we've got to change, maybe we have to change these cards. And I know there's mm-hmm. questions about competitive balance, and, oh, well, then they wouldn't be able to, like, do X, Y, or Z. But there needs to be like well, some... there's ways to do that without without just giving them a card file though. Like I mean, obviously they knew that Loris in particular. Like you can't look at that card and say, "Oh yeah, this card's fine." You know what I mean? Anybody that looks at that card is going to say, "Oh yeah, this card like abuses sack outlets and is ridiculous with zero mana artifacts and is probably going to break every format." Like yeah. you can't look at that card and not think those things. So even if they don't send that card out. What if they sent, you know, just the, like, not the companion ability, but just the other ability with, like, the stat line, like the mana cost and power and toughness? Yeah. And said, hey, what are things that we might have to look out for with this card? But Or I think how it, would you cost this card? I think it's different when you have to draw it, right? If you, if I told you that you could play four Lorises, right, mm-hmm. you would play four Lorises. But if I told right. you Loris is always in your opening hand, like you'd be like, that's a different thing. I think that that question yeah, gets true. answered differently. But no, there needs to be some mechanism where they can go, hey, someone that's not us. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. we've all done it where you've worked on something and yeah. you've got to the point where you it's look at baby. it. Yeah, where it's either your baby or you're just looking at it with rose-colored glasses or you're just done looking at it and you want to get it out the door. Yeah. Right. When I write a grant, the process mm-hmm. is like, I want this to be perfect. 
and then mm-hmm. it moves to I just never want to look at this again and I want to send it out. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, how much of it is like, well, we've run out of time. I guess this is as good as it's going to get. And we've also talked about, like, the Skull Clamp example. Yeah. Right? Where Skull Clamp was gave stuff plus one, uh, plus O mm-hmm. was the original design. And if that dot, if the creature died that Skull Clamp was attached to, you drew two yeah. cards. And they were like, ooh, that seems too good. Let's, let's give, give it a downside. Let's make it, it gives it plus one, minus one. So then it just yeah. turned everything, every one, one or X one into pay two one, cards. draw two cards. Yeah. And they missed that. Like that was a last minute change. So mm-hmm. I don't know how many changes are like last minute changes yeah. that that impact this as well. But it doesn't seem like they're super sure on how to fix the problem. Because I think they know there's a problem just because yeah. like their mentions on Twitter are just, I'm sure, all horrific. Yeah. And they're like, oh man, this is not working. But I don't think they have seen how to fix it or like how it got broken because we can transition this into standard a little bit as sure. we move on to our adopt deck how many matches of standard have you played that you know that you're like oh my opponent has a karuga okay that means i need to have this in my opening hand because i know what the deck is right and this is exactly how like what i need to do because i know what they're playing yeah, I, I have a really quick question, like rulesy question sure. on this specifically. So on Arena, when it comes up and says, this is your opening hand, would you like to keep or maul? Yes. Okay. You can see like shaded behind that sometimes your opponent's companion. Correct. Sometimes you cannot. So I've not noticed that. I've noticed that it's there, and then when it's not there, they don't have one. I've not seen a situation where they okay. don't I, I have I have it. had my opponent have a companion, and it did not show up like behind the keeper mall screen. Huh. So I don't know what the proper ruling is. I guess I haven't... You, you have to present your companion before you present your deck? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like, in paper... Right, I don't know when you have to give up that information because yeah. I've not played in paper and it's not been an issue. Right. But like, yeah, when do you have to say like, hey, no, I have a companion. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I wasn't like, sure either. Yeah, but in standard now, right, you know what you're playing against because you see the companion. Right. Right, and you have to use that information now to know what hands to keep mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And going back to consistency, that is another thing that influences consistency even when you're not playing the companion deck. You're like, oh, I can't keep this hand because I know I need to have this other thing. Because I'm playing Loris and I don't have a Wrath. Yeah. Or yeah, or I don't yeah, I don't have a Wrath. Or like imagine if you were playing Jund in modern and your Mm -hmm. opponent has a Loris and you're like, well, Maybe I should mulligan this hand because Thoughtseize isn't good, but Nile Spellbomb's good. Yeah. So or I, I got to find a Scooze or whatever. Yeah, I have to find some way to interact with their graveyard. Yeah. And so, right, that's a thing that is happening now that has never happened before. Mm-hmm. Right? So getting from, from here are, you know, we don't know what's going on with design to 
the fruits of their labor, let's talk about <laughs> our adopted deck, Jeskai yeah. Cycling. Sure. So, first of all, the story of every episode is I was going to record a video, but Martin U- <laughs> Martin Yuza put out a Boro slash Jeskai Cycling video. Oh, and I, yeah, I need to tweet that out because I was like, well, you could watch me or you could watch Martin Yuza. I think he's yeah. got this one covered because uh, I was Probably. like, oh, I'll just do a couple uh, yeah. games. So what did you think of the deck? I think I know where your head's at, but I am not. I don't want to speak for you. Okay. So the very first thing I put in my notes is that I may have been playing this completely wrong. Okay. For the most part, I was mulliganing pretty aggressively to some sort of threat. And I had noticed, unfortunately, towards the end of when I was playing, I had noticed that when I played the mirror a couple times, my opponents were not mulliganing. I and never I hardly threats. I hardly ever mulliganed. Okay. So that might have been part of my problem. I had a little over fifty percent win rate. Uh, yeah. not much over. You were fifty two percent. He played yeah. more uh best of three matches than I did. He was twelve and eleven yeah. over over the week. I only played I only played twelve best of three matches, but I played no thirteen best of threes, but I played mm-hmm. more best of ones to kind of get acquainted with it. Yeah. And my best of three, I was uh, nine and four. Okay. So, Way better. yeah. Like, I played the deck where every mana that I spent was just, I added one more thing to Zenith Flare. Yeah. So, like, I would rather keep a hand that had some sort of threat, but my, like, threshold for being a threat was pretty low. Like, okay. it was Fox rescuer drain of stinger or we were playing the version that had unlikely alliance yeah so any of those 16 cards i kind of counted as a threat Mm -hmm. and then would play from from having one of those 16 and even if i didn't have one sometimes i'd be like eh, i'll cycle into it because a lot of times i didn't want to play them my threat until turn three yeah Uh, so you get the value so i would know i'd get the value off of it yeah I kept a lot of hands that were that were a little bit of air and yeah. maybe only had a threat and if it got killed it was like, well, I gotta dig for more stuff. Yeah. So I did for the most part, I did not keep a hand that didn't have one of Fox Rescuer or Alliance and could cast it. Okay. That's another um, thing. You, that, you kept complaining yeah. about the mana. Yeah. And I didn't I thought the mana was terrible. I didn't feel like I had any issues. There were definitely times where I wanted to cast Alliance and couldn't. Yeah. But then it was just like, well, I'm going to cycle enough stuff away that I'll find the source. You know, I don't think it was any more than a normal deck where, like, you couldn't Mm -hmm. cast your two drop if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. I think that came back to how, like, aggressively I was mulliganing, though. Yeah. I was trying to play this as an aggro deck, and I don't think that you can... I think there are definitely draws where it's an aggro deck and you punk people out. Yeah. And then there are draws where it's just like grindy value deck mm-hmm. that you like make a bunch of one ones and chump block and like yeah. get in damage. And then there are draws where you do that and you get your opponent to like 14 and then you play a four mana spell and kill them. It's really different because it feels like there are like three 
three or four different ways the deck the deck plays out. The draws that are double fox against like a Karuga. If you're on the play, the game's over. Yeah, like you go like fox into fox cycle attack. If mm-hmm. they don't have a Bone Crusher Giant on turn two, they, they just take ten the next turn. Yeah, and it's like okay, cool. You're you're dead now. Right. Uh, same with like Yorian. There are there are draws that you just do that and they die. But then there are mm-hmm. other draws where you're just like, I'm just gonna make a bunch of one ones and hope that's good enough. Yeah. I think that like how you play the deck is like it's it's a heart of the cards deck. You yeah. have to hope that you cycle into the things that you need. Mm-hmm. Or like there have been times where it was like my opponent wrath my board with a deafening clarion and they attacked me with a a Cavalier of Flame and uh, a Sphinx mm-hmm. of Insight. And they attacked, and I had three unlikely alliances. Yeah. And I cycled, <laughs> and I drew another cycler, and I cycled, and, cycled again. and I killed their things. It was like I didn't have the second cycler, but like that was my out. Right. I was like, all right, well, let's see. Okay, cool. We got there. I still so lost that because how- it can never beat a Kendrith. Like, not in right. a million years. So, how often did you, like, actually cast your Loris? Never. Or yeah, very rarely. Never. If you cast Loris, you have run out of things to cycle, or you are losing. Right. Like, Loris is kind of a... It's turn 15, you draw your card for turn, and it's not a cycler. Or mm-hmm. it's a cycler and you have no board state and you're like, I've got seven mana. I can Loris play a rescuer and then cycle and get a one one. Yeah. And like that's your turn. But like you never played Loris on like turn four through four. like eight. Yeah. Like it just wasn't the best thing to do with your mana. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever cast Loris. I might have cast it once. I cast it a few times where it was like, okay, I need to make my. I need to make my opponent have something. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I don't have any threats, but I I can do the Loris Cycler get value, and mm-hmm. now you have to have an answer, or like you get buried the next turn. Yeah. It's not a Loris deck like the Rectus Sacrifice decks or the Orzhov, uh, like little weenie decks are. Yeah. It's it's a deck that doesn't need Loris. But there's no reason for you not to play it, yeah. Because you just meet the requirement anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well. So yeah, your main game plan isn't Loris. Like Loris is like your F game plan. Yeah. Like you've done <laughs> only if you're losing. You've tried to like Fox beat down. You've tried tokens. You've tried to drain of Stinger. They countered your Zenith Flare, and you're like, okay, fine. Loris, bring back something. Yeah. Like this is where we are. Yeah, I definitely feel like that wasn't something that uh, you did a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are dumb things. I know that we talked about this. You were like, I don't like footfall craters. And like earlier that night, I had a 7-7 fox and I cast yeah. a footfall craters and attacked and my opponent flashed in a chump blocker and blocked. So you gave it trample. And I gave it trample and got in five damage. Yeah. I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, about halfway through, I ended up cutting the footfall craters. I put a uh, terramanders in. Be, mm-hmm. I think because of the way I was playing the deck, I wanted another like early threat so I didn't have to mulligan as aggressively. Yeah. And Terramanders kind of fit the theme. 
Yeah. They're not as great as the cyclers, but they kind of do the same job. I mulliganed like one landers on the play if I felt like I needed to have like a reasonably quick start. Yeah. Like that I didn't feel like the hand kind of lent itself to coming out of the gates. So like right. if it was against like mono red and like I had like a land and a threat or like a land in a in an unlikely alliance. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if I don't draw a land, I do nothing and I die. Mm-hmm. So like I, I would mulligan those. But if I had like two or three lands and some cyclers, cool. I'm mm-hmm. going to find the things that I need. And if I spend my first two turns, my first three mana cycling, that means my first Zenith flare is lightning helix. Right. And that's good enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that the the dream is like Zenith flaring someone's face, but like sometimes it's like, I will kill your Kenrith. I will, oh, 100%. I will gain eight life, kill your Kenrith, and I will get to participate in this game for a little while longer. Yeah. I had played a, one of the four color Urian lists, one of the early ones, not one of the Luca lists. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I had talked to you a little, little bit about this game. We only played one game in a best of three match. I mulled the five, and then I decked them. Like, this game just went absurdly long. But I, I think I fought through, like, six Hydroid Crises that were all at least eight power. And most of that I did with, like, just giant Zenith flares. You're like, flare, all right, I'm going to attack you for two yeah. with my, like, two fairies. Yeah. Oh no, I had swarms. Yeah, but you, it's one of those things like I'm yeah. gonna chip in for some damage. We're yeah. gonna get there eventually. Yeah, the game the games can turn really grindy when you have like grindy in kind of a weird kind of way when you have like yeah. multiple like token generators mm-hmm. because then everything that's on the ground doesn't have trample. Right. You doesn't matter. It's it kind of like exist. having like a cat, right? right. You know. The fi- way, yeah. yeah, the fires decks, they're like Cavalier of Flame, some, uh, Karuga, give everything haste and attack, and you're like, chump, chump, and the next turn you're like, attack you for four, cycle yep. once, make three blockers, go, and they do something else giant, and you're like, cool, block, block, yeah, cycle, make some more blockers. The games, like I said, the games play out like in a lot of different ways, which yeah. was nice. Was there anything in the deck that surprised you? Like it was better, like way better than you thought it was going to be or way worse than you thought it was going to be? I think I've, I've mentioned a few times, Unlikely Alliance. Like yeah. a lot of the decks don't play that. Like the Boros no, the Boros ones play Memory Leak in its spot, just an additional one mana cycler. And, yeah. they, and they cut their land count sub- substantially. But like that card kind of held the deck together because it gives you an extra threat. Mm-hmm. Unless you beat some decks that you wouldn't otherwise be able to beat. like How often did you find yourself turning lands into fairies with the, the ability written on Unlikely Alliance? If I had six lands and I didn't draw a cycler, yep. Yeah, I did it way more often than I thought yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I ended up doing it a lot. Where yeah. you'd get to points where you're just like, where you draw a card and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to get two fairies out of this six mana and like mm-hmm. a freshie. Okay. Yeah. And the fact that you get to do that, like, then the next turn, like, you now have an extra draw to Cycler to then turn right. yourself back on. But, yeah, that card was really good. Every so often, I would cast uh, Frostvale Ambush. 
That card is great. I won a couple games with like frost your two big things, attack for eight, attack for eight. Oh, see, I never did that. I, I, well, yeah, frosted on their turn, swing eight, yeah. swing eight, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just like they go to combat and you're like, frost those things. Yeah. Attack you. They don't untap, attack you. Like it would yeah. just buy you a turn or buy you enough combat steps to actually like get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that card was good. What is the thing? The, the thing that makes something a 4-4? Four, make four, a thing a 4-4, four, four. yeah. But it also makes it blue. We learned that uh-huh. the hard way. I attacked into a uh, shifty, shifty ceratops. Oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> He blocked. I was like, "Gotcha!" I was like, "Do that," and it didn't die. And I was like, "I was like, oh, it becomes blue." Oh, because blue. Oh, he blocked my three one. I was like, "Sweet!" Like I need to get it off. Yeah. Oh no! So I, uh, I finished the game early, like a turn earlier than I would have ordinarily by making my fox a four four <laughs> with like seven counters on it. Yeah. So this little part of this is. This deck kind of requires you to use, like, every part of the buffalo. Oh, 100%. Like, you can't just say, like, all these cards say cycling one. Because sometimes your opponent, like, you know, pluses a Teferi. And -hmm. you can, like, on your turn, make your thing a 4-4 and attack it down. Right. Or you have a 3-3 fox and they play a 2-2. And you can just uh, cast Gopher Blood and kill it. Mm Mm-hmm. These cards have more text on them than just cycle one. That's well, they their... have barely more text, but yes, yes, they have more text. That is that is their main text is cycling one, yeah. but they do you can get them to do other things. Like mm-hmm. every so often, I was like, I really wish I could cast this boon to the wish giver. It was never right. <laughs> I cast it once. Okay, I never got to cast I it. I boarded it out almost every single time, but I did cast it once. Yeah, the Martin used a sideboard guide was. Uh, footfall craters and that always left yeah. and then it was how many startling development is that it um, yeah. yeah how many of those do you cut in this matchup but yeah. it was always cut the two two ofs and then some number of starting developments yeah the token generators were also really good against the flash decks i had multiple yeah. like flash opponents where i was able to stick a token generator and they mm-hmm. scooped the token generators are also really good against the Obosh decks. Yeah, because you just throw them in front of things. They have no way to get over them. Yeah, they they can't play Embercleave. Nothing has evasion, and they just gum up the ground until you kill them. Yeah, you just keep doing that. Now, they do have, oh, what is it called? Uh, is it Tin Street Dodger? The unblockable one. The yeah. unblockable one. I lost a game to, I was at 13 and they had three heraldic banners out Whew. and they attacked with everything, which was dumb. And yeah. like I blocked with my Loris and gained three life and went to 16 and then went to exactly zero. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah I could not block that. But everything else in the deck, you just throw a one, one in front of, and yeah. they just can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good against Obosh. They're pretty good against the um, the sack deck. So, so when yeah. I was playing best of one, I played a ton of the sacrifice decks, like a ton I, of like. I didn't play one game against sacrifice. Yeah, and then when you went to best of three, yeah, it was like nothing. Like the best of three meta game just like dissolved into like Yorion. 
Yes. Yeah, it's almost all year. Yeah. It was it was so weird because just looking at like one day, I played against like three Obosh sack decks, three red black Loris decks. I think there's like a black white one in here somewhere. Right. So I played against a bunch of those, like a quarter of my metagame that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, was like Loris decks, and then when I went to best of three, yeah, Loris, like there weren't Loris sacrifice decks. No, like it was just like all Urian all the time. Yep. I think that this deck is. I think the cycling deck is good. Yeah. If you are playing it like an aggro deck or like a mid range deck, where you want to look at your hand and like know what you're gonna do for your first yeah. like turn or two. I don't think you can play the deck like that. I think you kind of have to play it like I'm going to see six new cards in the first three turns. And then from there, I'm going to figure out what to do. That that might've been why I got a little bit burned out on it too. What just the, like they have to like hope that things work out part of it. Well, a combination of that and like not playing it correctly. I, I didn't even realize I wasn't playing it correctly until like I was just done playing it. Yeah. And then, like I said, I ran across like two mirror matches, like right at the tail end. And I don't even think I recorded them because I was just kind of fed up with the deck at that point. And I noticed that they didn't mulligan at all and they kept hands with no action. And then, like, that kind of got my wheels turning a little bit, thinking that, you know, I might not have played the deck correctly. But I think that's why, that's why I burned out on it, though. I was just, you know, trying to, you know, being the Jund player trying to come up like look at my opening hand to come up with my game plan and realizing that you can't do that because it's all going to change after your second turn yeah so the like martin use a deck guide one of the mm-hmm. things he one of the things he said was like just spend every mana every turn cycling yeah and that was just every turn i was like well i'm gonna cycle and like i said it was just like this is like like a time bomb mm-hmm. and eventually i'm going to draw the bomb which is Zenith Flare, and right. every one mana I spend makes my Zenith Flare a little bit better. Yeah, and when well, you, ha- I mean, I definitely played it that way. I just like mulliganed a lot to like where my cycling always mattered and didn't feel like I was just spinning my wheels. Yeah, I feel like this deck also like you play a lot of games to like ten. Your opponent's got to deal you twenty. Mm-hmm. But, like, you have to deal 10, especially, like, a, a, any hand where you open with a Zenith Flare, like, you have your plan. It's, yeah. I need to find some way to get you to 10. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to win the game when you are at 10. Right. And those those games were comforting. When you just had the Zenith Flare and you're like, oh, I know exactly what's going on here. This is mm-hmm. great. Uh, the games where you didn't and you're like, you're on your 30th card in your deck and you still have a drawn a Zenith Flare and you're like, how is this possible? I've seen half There's my deck. There's only three cards left in your deck and you haven't found a Zenith Flare yet. You're like, what, what is going on? <laughs> okay, I'm like looking at your like lists, your your deck names, and yeah. I just see in here, in one of your off-meta decks, Karuga Winoda. Like, yeah. <laughs> whoa, wow. Yeah. Wow, we did it. I've played against some uh, some interesting interesting lists. Yeah, just like. Uh, Did you see what it says before that? Martyr humans. No, the same line says fires. Nope, Karuga Winota. Because I thought it was fires. <laughs> oh, I wasn't looking at your like notes. I was I was just looking at the like cheat. Oh. 
(laughs) In my notes, it says fires slash nope Karuga Winoda. Yeah, like, that's another thing. Like, so there's only, like, two decks that don't, two, like, actual on-meta decks that don't seem to play a companion. Yeah. And that's Winoda and Timber Wreck. Yep. And, like, you, like, sit down and you're like, all right, no companion. And, like, let's say you just played, like, Teamer Wreck. You're like, all right, it's Teamer Wreck time. And you, like, start playing, like, playing as Teamer Wreck, and then they, like, play a Fibble Thip. And you're like, <laughs> what is what? this? Yeah, I, I had no idea. And then they played, like, a Legion War Boss. I'm like, what garbage is. And I went, oh, it's when. No-. And then, like, they took yeah. three of my permanents. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Oops. Yeah. So, like, the the upside for this deck is, other than the mana base, which has, I guess, 16 rares in it. Yeah. There are, like, no rares in the deck. So, like, 16 rares is, like, not the cheapest, but not awful. Well, I mean, aside from the uh, the four Jeskai lands, you probably have the others, like, if you've already been playing Arena. Yeah, you probably have the, the shock lands. Yeah. And... Um, for the popper event that was the FNM at home or whatever. Yeah. I just played cycling. Mm-hmm. I just took out Zenith Flare, took out the Rescuer, and uh, the win con was a uh, Draneth Stinger. And yeah. then, like, tap lands. And the deck was fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess that when they do the uh, Artisan event, they ban Zenith Flare. Probably. But. If you want a deck that, you know, is aggressive but takes a little bit of, like, doing to figure out, like, you mm-hmm. know, takes some playing and has some play to it, I think cycling is good and it's not going to, like, break the bank wild card wise Yeah. If you are kind of hard up for wild cards, you can play the Boros version, which you cut the mm-hmm. Unlikely Alliances, which card's really good. Yeah. Uh, but you cut those, so you have less blue mana requirements, like, you're you're just still not casting any blue cards. Yeah, you're basically red white. Yeah. And like that's fine. But mm-hmm. you do you do lose something for not being able to cast like you said your random blue card for effect. Mm-hmm. By not having any blue lands, but it would make it easier for you to build it. Yeah. Cuz it it cuts, Yeah, it cuts like eight rares out. Yeah, I mean, they're like the only rares you have are the uh, uh, Sacred Foundries at that point, right? Yeah, you'd probably keep the Cycling Lands. Like, you'd probably just cut mm-hmm. Steam Vents and uh, yeah. a Hollowed Fountain. Yeah, you're probably right. But you would you would be down to, like, you know, only eight rares in the deck. Right. So, it's a deck, it's good matchups, uh, or it's good matchup is, uh, is Yorion Luka. Because you yeah. can just like, like hilariously get under them. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one awesome game. Just a real quick story against a uh, Gyruda deck. Okay, it was a Gyruda ramp. Okay, like they were just turbo Gyruda, and uh, they cast like a turn three Gyruda, and they found spark double, spark double, spark double, spark double, Thassa, flicker Gyruda. And then I untapped, played a land, and hit him with a 22-point Zenith Flare. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that's where that was going, because your graveyard had to be huge. Yeah. Um, it was great. <laughs> yeah. 
but you definitely like against that deck, you know, you can do that or you can go like, you know, your best aggressive draws are any hand that has a fox is probably a keeper. Yeah. Like a fox in two lands is the nuts against standard, basically. Yeah, that was the hand I wanted every single time I looked at an opener. Yeah, like that that hand is the nuts. But like, you know, they're like Karuga and you're like, Fox, cycle, cycle, hit you for three. Next turn, cycle, 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 hit you for six. And now they're at 11. And if they, like their best answer is Teferi bounce at that point. Right. And if they don't have Teferi, they just like, they either have to throw a Bone Crusher Giant in front of it or they die. Mm -hmm. And if they do have a Teferi, you're like, all right, I can either replay this or, or I just cycle it and look for a Zenith Flare. Exactly. And this, like, okay, you're at 11. You can never, like, if you resolve a fires, you just die. Yeah. On like, the spot. Yeah. If, like, your turn four is fires, it's like, cool. Cycle, 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 land, flare you for 11. And there's just right. like, oh, I didn't, like, nothing I did mattered this game because you had the fox. Right. But then you can also win the grindy, like, token games. So mm-hmm. I think it's a deck worth looking at. If you don't want to get into the like Yorion arms race, which <laughs> is a good way to put it, which is currently going on because right, everyone's just trying to go over the top of everyone else, which is yep. usually when like a red deck would come into being mm-hmm. or like an aggressive deck is because everyone's just trying to go bigger than everyone else. But right. the problem is, is the Yorion decks go big on like turn five. Yeah. Or like too early. Yeah. Or they like I said, they have like eight rats they can draw. Mm-hmm. And like you're like build out a board state and they're like, you know, wipe it away. Which is another reason like Fox is good, because you can be like, All right, my Fox is a four power thing now. Now you can't clarry on it. Now you have to have exact now we've I've cut down your number of cards down to four. Yeah. And because you're a Luka deck, it like game one, you dodge Elspeth Conqueror's death because mm-hmm. there's only one target for it in the whole deck and it's right. Loris yeah. and you're not supposed to cast that card. <laughs> um, and like I've beat double Dream Trawler. That's impressive. They played a Dream Trawler and I was like, attack you. They're like, block. It's like, cool. You blocked wrong, sucker. 12 points in flare. Good talk, everyone. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, you're just like, the the deck also, we talked about combat math not being a thing anymore. This yeah. deck makes you do combat math, but you're doing the math of like, all right, if I attack, how much damage do I get in? Is that enough for me to flare them? Like you're, well, yeah, just, you're doing less combat math and more like burn math. Yeah, you're you're like, you look at it. these like, seven cards add to 20. Yeah, I need to get you from where you are to 10. And right. you die. Oh, another thing to think about is making chump attacks where mm-hmm. you know they're going to block your cyclers so that mm-hmm. your Zenith Flare gets bigger. Yeah, I've done so, that too. Yeah, so let's say you, you know, they're at 13 and you attack with your 2 2 cycler, your 3 1 and 3 1 1s. Mm-hmm. They have two blockers. They block the 3 1 and the 2 2. Now your Flare you goes. Them out of the game. Yeah, now your Flare goes from 8 to 10. They're at yeah. 10. You kill them. So, like, doing things like that where you wouldn't necessarily think about, like, oh, hey, I need this cycler to die. Mm-hmm. So I have to attack in such a way that they 
you know, they're going to block. Or yep. like, hey, does it matter how they block? If they block and kill the cycler, they're dead. If they don't block, they're dead. Attack. So yeah. you definitely have these like those times where you you're doing things that you don't normally do. Where you're like, oh, if this dies, this makes my flare bigger or things like that. So it's fun. It might not be your thing if you're kind of a Jundy like make a plan. Yeah. Kind of player. The deck was fine. It's not that I didn't like playing it. it I just got it got old quickly. I think. Yeah. You played way more than I did. I, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, so uh, <laughs> I've been like well, getting my wins and then like ducking out. Yeah, I did give up. I, I stopped playing like Thursday or fr- Friday, maybe. Okay. I you, think I stopped playing this. You went super hard. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to make sure I gave it my due, due diligence. Yeah, I went hard best of one, and then I just started playing a couple and then stopping a couple and stopping. Yeah. So... We've been asked to adopt a new deck. We have by one of our patrons, so we're going to jump on that. So what are we playing? They would like us to play the... Oh, he had a specific version. I'll have to look it up and see which specific version he asked for. But he wants us to play uh, Yori and Luca. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I I tried a teamer version. I thought I could ramp harder. And you can, but then it's just super awkward sometimes. Yep. I'm going to say, I also learned... Reading the cards and all, that it has to be a higher converted mana cost with Luca. So I mm-hmm. like set up an entire turn with a stupid teamer deck. And I was yeah. like, all right, I'm gonna like play this agent of treachery. Then I'm gonna activate Luca and I'm gonna steal something. And I activated Luca mm-hmm. and agent of treachery went to the exile zone and nothing <laughs> happened. And I was like, yeah. oh, mm. I should have read the card. Yeah, usually so. helps. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out like timelines here so that we could play alongside everybody else if they wanted to join in with our little experiment here. And I originally said that I think we should do like another deck in the meantime. That way, like when this episode goes live, we can move on to Luca, but then we wouldn't ever like cover the deck in the meantime. Yeah. So I think that we'll just play whatever until like Thursday ish. Okay. And then when this deck goes live, we can start playing it Thursday, play through the weekend with everybody else, and then we'll, we'll share talk our about thoughts it on Monday. Sure. Yep. So I think that is the deck we have adopted. So now on yep. to Arena. Yeah, what's going on with Arena? Nothing too earth shattering, but I was listening to uh, another podcast, uh, Magic FM, and they mm-hmm. uh, I missed, um, missed is a strong term. I chose not to uh, <laughs> participate in the like, is it magic today like the the twitch show that they, okay. that wizards does on tuesdays and they did like uh kind of a an arena dev thing yeah. and apparently they announced uh it's not in any of the social media but they but magic fm gabby went back and listened to the uh an, the the vod of the twitch thing and yeah. they basically announced that cube drafts will be coming mm-hmm. to Arena on uh, June 12th. Sweet. So are we assuming that's when the June update's going to be? Probably right around there, yeah. Okay. So that will be... If you like Cube Sealed, which it was decent. Yeah, you um, said you liked it the more you played it, right? Yeah, it grew on me. Uh, it is. It was definitely like a four-color good stuff uh, thing, but that's like just because of the power level of the cards. 
and well, that's also right sealed. Up yeah. But like being able to actually draft archetypes yeah. and like uh, at least initially they're probably not going to release what the archetypes are in the cube. So trying to figure mm-hmm. out what the archetypes are in the cube mm-hmm. will be really good. And maybe we can get some sweet, sweet content for uh, talking about cube drafting. Sure. I'm down for that. Yeah. So as long as people want to hear about it. Yeah. I mean, it's cube. They want to hear about it. <laughs> They don't. They might not know they want to hear about it. They want to hear about it. Sure. <laughs> they want to hear about it. Have you been keeping up with the uh, daily deals section? I've checked it. Uh, this weekend was no free money. There was they, a they, pack. Yeah, they did cheap packs. Yeah. They did. They've done like they did a Dominaria pack. I bought mm-hmm. the Aquaria pack when they did a cheap Aquaria pack like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it's like a Dominaria and then I think another pack. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, meh, I'm good. Yeah, I, I got them both. Yeah, they were like 60, yeah, 60 gems or 300 gold, which is way yeah. less than they normally are. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a little disappointed this weekend wasn't free money. But I they still have me roped in that I check every day. <laughs> yeah, I've been checking. Oh, one other thing we forgot to talk about. Let me see if I can bring it up real quick. Uh Uh-oh. They released the historic cards. Oh, yeah. So there were the the Hondans. Yep, we got all the Hondans because we needed those. So we just said they're the Hondans and, like, everyone's like, we're not that old. So there's... They were uh, champions cards. Yeah, champions of Kamigawa. And they're enchantments that do something on your upkeep. So, like, Honden of Rage deals one damage or something. Uh, Damage to target creature or player equal to the number of shrines you control. Okay. So, they all do different things. Equal to the number of shrines you control. Okay. They're each a shrine. Yes. A legendary shrine. So, you have... They're legendary? They are legendary, yes. So, like, you can't just have four red Hondans. You have to, like, play, like, five-color Hondans? Oh, uh, yes. Kill me. Yeah. Seems yeah. awful. <laughs> um, so we, have, so we the... have Akroma's Memorial. Oh, God. Gives everything keyword soup. I think I have brought it up that um, I was playing at, like, the, like, 1-4 table at the ill-fated Charlotte Modern GP. <laughs> Where I was playing black white tokens in the format that was just all anger of the gods all the time, and my elves yeah. opponent, another matchup that tokens is like zero percent against, uh-huh. plays an Acroma's monument. It's like eight <laughs> years old, plays an Acroma's monument, and then afterwards lectures me about how I need to value my life total more because I fetch shock thought seized him. <laughs> And I was like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then when I see it's elves, I just can't ever win. I was just like, I will take that under advisement, good sir. You played in a Chroma's monument (laughs) and gave all of your elves every keyword. Flying first strike, vigilance, trample, haste, protection from black, protection from red. Yeah. 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 You you know what? You know what? uh, uh, A bitter blossom can't beat that. (laughs) What what color are those tokens? You're dead. Oh, cool. Didn't matter if they had if they weren't black. I was still going to get trample first struck. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, okay, that card, bad thoughts. Okay, continuing. Uh, we have Ancient Ziggurat. All right. Modern human staple. Uh, it's a land that taps for a mana of any color, but only to play multicolored spells. 
Uh, only to play creature spells. Creature spells, okay. Submit. Yep. There's a multicolored one. Okay, creature spells. Okay. Uh, then we have body double, which is a five mana clone for graveyards. Yeah, it clones any creature in a graveyard. Correct. Uh, Chainer's Edict. <sighs> yeah. At least it's a sorcery speed one. Yeah. That is a popper. Flashback for seven mana, though. That is a popper staple. Yeah. Like blue black control and popper plays Chainery's Edict. Mm hmm. Okay. None of these cards are pioneer legal. That is true. None of these cards thus far are pioneer legal. None of. None of. Just none. Oh, there's one. Ulamog. Two, three, three. There's three that are pioneer legal. Sparky, give us pioneer. <laughs> Stop giving us Hondans and give us pioneer. Yeah. We have Devil's Play. Okay. X and a red for a sorcery. Deals X damage to a creature or player. Flex, flashback for X, red, red, red. Okay. Enchantress's Presence. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't give us our Grothian Enchantress. No, no. No. We get the enchantment instead. Yeah. Uh, we have Gem Palm Incinerator and Gem Palm Polluter. Okay, I know Gem Palm Incinerator. It cycles okay. for like one and a red. One and a red. And yep. it deals two? Uh, or it X, deals where X. X is the number of goblins okay. you play when it ETBs. Or when you cycle when it. When you cycle it. Yeah. Um, and then Gem Palm Polluter, when you cycle it, you can have a player lose one life for each zombie in play. Okay. And then we have all of the Hondans. I'm not going to read them all. They're all bad. They're all unplayable. <laughs> we have Cross and Tusker. Yeah, we do. Yeah. That card um, is now, has been replaced by the one from Amonkhet as the good one. I guess the one from Amonkhet yeah. costs one more. It does, yeah. But it's better. It is better. After that, we get Momentary Blink. Okay. One in a white, blink something, flashback for three in a blue. Yes, another uh, popper all-star. Yep. And then we have our first of these to be Pioneer Legal. Okay. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Maze's End. Whew. Yeah. So that is if you control 10 gates and you tap Maze's End, you win the game or something? You pay three and tap it and bounce it to your hand. Okay. And then you search your library for a gate, put it on the battlefield, and then if you control 10 or more gates with different names, you win the game. So it's like, does it come into play tapped? It does. So it's just thawing glaciers for gates that has like an extra thing tacked on? No, thawing glaciers doesn't go get you a land, does it? Yeah, it, it does. I, like, I guess I don't know what thawing glaciers does. Thawing glaciers was like the original fetch lane, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, okay, maybe. So, this is an old, an old, 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 old card from Alliances. Old, old. Yeah, I mean, old, I can old, picture old. the artwork. Right. I thought it like kept something search tapped. Your, comes into play, tap, pay one, tap, search your library mm -hmm. for a basic land, and put that onto the plate battlefield tapped. This does not count towards your one land per turn limit. Shuffle your library afterwards. At the end of turn, return thawing glaciers to its owner's hand. Yeah, I guess it's kind of the same thing, but with. You win with you win the, the game on, uh, attacked onto it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I knew like you won the game if you had a certain number of gates. Card seems bad, but okay. Mazes yeah, way back when there was a Turbo Fog deck that won with this. Yeah. Yay! That's what we want to encourage in all formats is Turbo Fog. Yeah. 
After that, we have Marari's Wake. This. Three green, white for an enchantment. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana of that color to your mana pool. This got some hot uh, Twitter action. Ari Lax was like, why are they putting this in historic? It would be the fourth best Marari's Wake in standard right now. <laughs> That's true. It's like, he was like, someone's like, fourth? It's like, yes, Fires, Nissa, Wilderness yeah. Reclamation, then Marari's Wake. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. It would be the fourth best Marari's Wake. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Hey, you know you know what Historic needs? A card that's not standard playable that has three <laughs> other versions of it. Yeah, good job. Good job, guys. Uh, we also get Ratchet Bomb. Yeah. I like Ratchet Bomb. Ratchet Bomb, yeah. I've played, I have registered Ratchet Bomb in a Legacy event. I have Ratchet, or like, bleh, I can talk today too. I have registered Ratchet Bomb in multiple events, multiple yeah. formats. Yeah. So this is two for an artifact that you tap it and you put mm-hmm. a like, I don't know, Ratchet counter on it. I don't know. Charge counter. Charge counter. And then you can tap and sacrifice it and destroy all permanents with that many. Yep. Uh, with the CMC equal to the number of uh, charge counters. Yep. Non-land permanents. Non-land yep. permanents. For the record, ratchet counters sounds pretty good. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, how um, ratchet are you? I'm too ratchet right now. Thank you. <laughs> too ratchet. I got to get three ratchet. <laughs> I got to get to, got to get to that ratchet cubed, and then we're good. That's right. All right. We got a Roar of the Worm. Six and a green sorcery, make a 6-6 six, six worm. Flashback for three and a green. Okay. So, uh, pro tip, you never cast a spell for the front side. No, no, no. You mill it, and then you pay four. You mill it, or it's like cathartic reunion time or something. Yeah. Okay. Yep, something. Um, silent Departure. It's a one blue for a sorcery. Return target creature to its owner's hand. Flashback. Okay. I don't know why Historic needed that. What is it flashback um, for? Four and a blue. Okay. Oh, yeah. These yeah. are the Innistrad ones that the flashback costs yeah. were, like, ridiculous. Uh, Swan Song. Oh, yeah. Like me some Swan Song. That's a good one. From the original Theros. is a blue for yep. an instant that's, like, mm-hmm. counter-target non-creature spell? Uh, enchantment, instant, or sorcery. Okay, enchantment. And... That spell's controller gets a two-two swan. Yep, with flying. It's a great counter spell for like combo decks that don't care about the swan. Yeah, that's just like whatever swan. Who cares? You're dead. Yeah. We get timely reinforcements. Okay, that's a good one. So you're two and a white for a sorcery. If you have less life than your opponent, you gain six life. If you have less creatures than your opponent, you get three one-one soldiers. And if yep. you have both, you get. Six life Both. and three one ones. Yep, that's yes. great. Yes, uh, back in my days of playing Modern Burn, that just like you just scoop them up because <laughs> you have you always have more creatures than they do, and they have less life than you do, and you're yeah. just like, oh, I can't win now. Well, there were also a lot of people in our little burn group that really liked to play blue and white, and they always packed timely reinforcements. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was always multiple timelies. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have. Tectonic Reformation from Modern Horizons. One in a red for uh, enchantment. Each land in your hand has cycling red, and it cycles for two colorless. Wow, I did not 
even know about that card. Yeah, we talked about it in our set review. Yeah, but I don't remember it. You're like saying it, and I'm like... (laughs) That card already exists? Yes. Yeah, that's a thing. Okay, I I believe you. I just like... Okay, and it's also like super weird. Like, why are they putting this card in Historic? I have no idea. I don't know why they're putting most of these cards in Historic. Well, apparently... I was still out of the assumption that Historic was going to turn into Pioneer, and... It Obviously, not. that's not the case. Yeah, no, they've talked. Uh, they had one of the the producer of the uh, of Arena on uh, limited resources, and he yeah. was talking about how historic it's just going to be its own thing that exists. Okay. But apparently, they're also making. Uh, they decided to make a his, a historic queue and all the time historic ranking, so like you can really? rank up in historic. Yes, separate from constructed. I think so. Huh. Yeah, so apparently Tectonic Reformation is apparently also in the uh, Commander 2020. Oh, okay. So maybe they're trying to, maybe this is something for like Historic Brawl where they're trying to support like a cycling deck. Oh, maybe. That could be. Because, Strange though. What is it? Uh, Riley Knight just had put out a video today before we started recording yeah. that was... Uh, a brawl with the blue red mythic that whenever you discard a card you draw a card oh. so maybe they're trying to like like that as like a brawl commander yeah it could be and then you just like draw everything mm-hmm. so okay four cards left four cards left tempered steel one white white Ooh. for an enchantment artifact creatures you control get plus two plus two okay sure um, yep we have unburial rights Hey. Four and a black for a sorcery. Reanimate something. Flash it back for three and a white. We don't have Gristle Dead yet. Like Gristle Dead's in the program, but he's not in historic. Nope. We do Tough. have uh, Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger, though. We do. And we have Cathartic Reunion and Thrill of Possibilities. And Tormenting Voice, right? Yeah, I feel I feel a deck coming on here. And uh Haggle. Oh yeah. We just need to yeah. give this Ulamog haste. Yeah. How okay. do we do that? I don't know yet. We're going to get there, though. There's got to be a Planeswalker that just has a static ability. All your creatures have oh, haste, there is. isn't there? Uh, Samut. Samut, there we go. Or Samut. Yeah, there we go. Yep. We did it. It also gives it plus two, plus one. <laughs> yeah. In case, <laughs> in case your 10 10 indestructible eat a third of your library needed more. Okay. And then, uh, one more card. We have Phyrexian Obliterator. Okay, we talked about him last time. So that's all of them. Just seems like they just have a wall somewhere in Wizards where they just have every card and they they like take Morrow, they have him drink three cups of coffee, put him in a blindfold, they spin him around, and he throws a dart. And he hit he hit the red Honda and they were like, Crap. I guess we have to put the (laughs) other ones in. And then he throws another dart and it's like he hits some random modern horizons card and they're like, sure. Shag, you're it. Go yeah. time, buddy. Yeah, they're just like whatever. Like people, people will figure this out. Yeah. But yeah, it's strange. It is. It it makes no sense. Yeah. This is where we live. It's just Mara randomly throwing darts and going. <laughs> why is why is standard broken? Fire and, design. Yeah. Fire fire design. All yeah. of the darts have fire written on the side of them. <laughs> 
We're going to make historic <laughs> fire. <laughs> Hondings, go. <laughs> Marari's wake. Don't we have three butters of the card in standard? Doesn't matter. Marari's wake. Tempered steel. So you want the artifact deck to be white? Like, yes. Like, I want people to play Ginger Brute, All That Glitters, and Tempered Steel. That's all I want. Go, go, go. Yeah. That's a, that's a hell of a curve, by the way. That's terrifying. <laughs> like, you have, like, an 8-8 eight, eight that's unblockable on turn four. That you can sacrifice for three life if you need to. If things go that bad. <laughs> Man, I got this 8-8. Eight, eight. Better sack it for three life. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, so there are our Historic Anthology 3, our dream that maybe they would start putting, like, some Pioneer cards in. Well, I mean, they did. We got Maze's End. (laughs) (laughs) You do realize that I think this is something that we might be lost on me and you, that, like, there are people that love, like, Maze's End. Yeah. Like there is someone right now who's like I am so playing Maze's End in a historic brawl like we're yeah. doing this. They're super excited. The right? Miss it Gates deck. Yeah, or um someone's going to scape shift into Maze's End. Yeah. Like they're just going to be so happy and you and I are like why why is this here? And there's someone yeah. somewhere who's like, this is great. <laughs> this is everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. And I was like, you had, you have very low bar <laughs> of yeah. things you've wanted. Yeah. But yeah. So I think a lot of these are probably geared more towards like brawl. Could very well be. Like, I don't know how these turn out to be like, like the thing that like has staved historic to some degree is no one cares. Right. Right, like I think if like they said, you know, next month that we're doing a mythic championship, and mm-hmm. it's going to be all on arena, and it's going to be historic, historic you yeah. would end up with like three busted decks out of historic. Yeah, and the format would be solved, and people would be like sad. But right. the fact that it just kind of exists and no one pays attention to it mm-hmm. lets you like, you know not feel bad when you like uh, sign up with Play your Maze's end, deck. Maze's end or you're like daddy's playing treasure hunt today. Yeah. Right. Like you're like, you know what? Cool. I'm going to play treasure hunts four treasure hunts and one Thassa's Oracle. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, yep, that's what I want to do. And it's like, does, does treasure it... hunt draw or does it put in hand? It puts in hand. Do you want to narset someone? <laughs> you monster. No, I was thinking about the uh, make an octopus thing for my Coria. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just draw your deck, make 30 power worth of octopi. You have to pay one mana, though. So? We have to play one mana each time you draw the card. You wouldn't have all that yeah. land, all that mana out. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. Nadir, Kraken, or... Oh, no, no, no. I was Ominous talking about the enchantment, the enchantment from... Uh, Ikoria. Oh yeah, yeah, Ominouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah, you would. We would just get to make a bunch of octopi. Yeah. But no, it does, sadly does not draw. Oh well. Oh well. So yeah. So I don't know what anyone's doing with these cards. Again, someone's happy. 
I don't want to make them sad. Someone's Tectonic happy. reformation makes all your land cycle. It does. But they don't count as having cycling when they're in your graveyard, unfortunately. So they don't count for Zenith Flare. No, but they do for Ominous Seas. Oh, <laughs> you're right. There you go. So yeah, we could just uh, we could do that. And Treasure Hunt. And Treasure <laughs> So I'm going to play Treasure Hunt, but now all my lands have cycling for red. Right. So, okay. <laughs> cool. I don't know. You just got to find a way to make some red mana. It's like Iron Craig feet. <laughs> I want to pay one red, red, red to make red, 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 red. And I'm going to cycle seven cards. Hey, it gets around that you can only cast one more spell that turn. <gasps> you yeah. could just cast another Iron Craig feet and cycle ten cards. Fantastic. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> there we go. You get to make two octopi. <laughs> you do. You yeah. do. You did it. So <laughs> somewhere, someone doesn't know that we're joking, and they're like, they're like, all right, Iron Crag feet, check. Oh, I'm gonna notes. see. Ch- yeah, they're just like going through. Like this content's gold. Like no, <laughs> bring it back a little bit. Anyways, all right. so with that, I think we can look forward to Cube, and maybe not forward to. Uh, Honden Tribal in Historic. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not going to play Honden Tribal. There you go. So sad. So Cube sad will be cool, Honda. though. Yeah. But it'll be cool? Cube. Yeah. Definitely yeah. looking and forward hopefully to Hopefully it works well and they can do, because I know they, they kind of wanted to test it out with Cube and then do like some of the remastered sets. Yeah. So hopefully it works out well with Cube and we get some of the remastered sets. Or, you know, I don't know, Vintage Cube. Come on. Come on. Oh, man. One time. Come on. You can put the Storm mechanic in there. Let's do this. Yeah. Brian, what's your Storm record? What's your uh, Vintage Cube record? Awful, but I've drafted Storm every single time. <laughs> it's I'm been one great. in 30. I'm, run- I'm one in 30. But that one time, I stormed off out of nowhere, and it was great. Yep. Made it worth it. Made it worth it. So, I think at an hour 45, we're done. We're done. So, uh, if you want to tweet deck ideas at us, you can get at us at Twitter, at Casual Tripod, or if you have, like, sweet ideas for your uh, for these hauntings and other historic cards that we have poo-pooed. Yeah. You can be like... Prove us wrong. Ha, you haven't seen this? And I can be like, I have not. Didn't one of the Hondans like randomly see a little bit of play though? Maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't know either. If you know, you can get a hold of us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can shoot us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget about our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, anything you purchase from TCG after following that link will very small portion of it will help to support the show we have our patreon at patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg and make sure to check out our discord server and try and get everybody talking in there yeah so with that i guess we will uh see you pre-release this weekend yeah maybe yeah i might just catch you on the interwebs yeah 
I'll be out of pre-release this weekend. All right. Take it easy, everyone.